0: Welcome to this week's installment of the Dirty Chai podcast with me, your host, Chio. The podcast where we focus on holistic personal and professional success by growing and developing the common denominator to all your successes, all your failures, and everything in between you. It's about the mindset, emotional regulation, and the intentional personal development that underpins holistic success. Today, I'm sharing some great thoughts from great minds that I came across over the course of the last um, week. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, I've been getting through a lot of books, and I've been doing a lot of early morning walking. And the combination has resulted in giving me an opportunity to hear some of the great minds of our time speaking about things that are significant to our daily lives, significant to the way we apply our minds on a daily basis, significant to our approach to life, significant to our money. And I thought I would just gather them all here. And they're not that many, maybe four or five, that I would give them out this week as something to consider and to think about as we make our way deeper into 2024. The first is authenticity must be balanced with empathy. Authenticity must be balanced with empathy. This reminded me I heard it I heard it on Brene Brown's TED Talk, which I listened to a couple of years ago, but I listened to again in the past week. And I remembered um that I've I did a Career Tuesday talk where I gave an explanation of how empathy is meant to work in the workplace according to Adam Grant. And all those thoughts together come together and, and and say this that authenticity is a wonderful thing we are all encouraged to be authentic but we must not conflate or confuse authenticity with an automatic requirement for acceptance of all of our authenticity what this means is be the best be the honest version of yourself but do not assume that that honest version of yourself, must be accepted by all the people around you. So for example, if the authentic you is an abusive, unpleasant, rude human being, you should be at peace with being authentic, yes. But also, be at peace with the reaction or the response that you will receive from people who do not necessarily want to be around a rude and offensive person. If your authentic self is kind and thoughtful... Be prepared to attract people who want to be around thoughtful and kind people. The point is authenticity is not devoid of consequences. And what you want to do is to get the best possible outcome is to balance your authenticity with growing yourself into the best version of you that you can be. It's also to balance it with empathy. Now, the balance, uh, the balance using empathy pretty much means that, yes, I'm the truest version of myself. Do I want to sit next to me? And if I wouldn't want to sit next to me for an extended period, what would make me better, but still true to myself, but make it so that I can coexist with other people? And there is a culture of hyper-independence and hyper-independence is a trauma response, by the way. It's a trauma response from betrayal, from being hurt, from being deceived by other people, all of those things. You respond to that sometimes by saying, I don't need people, I don't want people, I can do this on my own. And I speak of this particular trauma response from current experience, um, because that is what the one thing that I have struggled the most to get over—a hurdle that I've struggled the most to get over—I've dealt with a lot of other things. I've dealt with, um, um, I've dealt with being orphaned at an early age. I've dealt with all of these things, but the one trait that has come from every single bad experience that I've had is that I am very quick to go into protection mode. I'm very quick to think uh, I don't need other people, I can make this work. I'm very quick to think where can I hide emotionally um, to cloak things in humor. So when I say all of these things, it's because I'm trying to learn them too but what i'm going towards or what i'm the point i want to make here as far as independence we have romanticized hyper independence we have romanticized i'm strong on my own but the truth is um, there is a there is a saying if you want to go far if you want to go fast go by yourself if you want to go far go together and that is a principle that shows itself in every other self help book that i read if you want to succeed at something, you're going to need to be with people. You're going to need to partner with like-minded people. You're going to need the ability to coexist with other people. And in order for that to last, you're going to need to be an, an authentic version of yourself. And in order for your authentic version of yourself to be also uh, to thrive in those spaces that you wish to put yourself, you need to also be the best version of yourself or a version that, that partners well with other people's best versions so you need to be authentic but you also need to be empathetic but you also need to consistently be self-aware and ask yourself the question would someone want to sit if if i were someone else would i want to sit next to me and if not how do i make that better so yes be authentic yes be be the truest version of yourself, but also be mindful that you need community to go forward and you need others to achieve your goals. And in order to create that symbiosis with other people, you must be <laughs> palatable and you must be a person that other people can work with. And that means you need to develop your ability to be em- empathetic, to put yourself in the other person's shoes and to care what they think. It's important, of course, there are other layers here that you must also partner with people who view you the same way and who view these things the same way. So they are also authentic, but they also consider what would you feel like if you were sitting next to them and how can they make that better for you? That's how symbiosis is created. So be very wary of just taking a single concept and applying it wholesale. And then leaving the sense and sensibility that balances those things out. And this segues quite nicely into a point Michelle Obama made in speaking to Jay Shetty on his podcast, where she says that, of course, she's authentic, but not everyone has earned the right to hear her her. her Every thought and voice, um, her every thought and feeling. So there are some spaces where she shares more things, and there are other spaces where she shares less. So that brought back to that brought back to me a snippet I read somewhere. I I, I can't remember where now. That it is one thing to ex, to express your view and to express your pain and to express what you've been through. It is another to bleed all over everyone from an open wound. You must be mindful to wield access to yourself with with common sense and with practicality. Otherwise, you, your attempted vulnerability, which should normally be something that makes you powerful, actually creates shrapnel that then hurts everyone around you And you, Brene Brown actually says this, now I remember. She says, it's it's vulnerable to say to your friend, I'm hurting really badly right now. Could you come sit with me? It's not vulnerable to pour out the gory details of your divorce online for your children to read and their schoolmates to read. That's not the same thing. So this is why authenticity, vulnerability, empathy... And, and the ability to think of other people and how they might feel and to balance it with how you are feeling. Be, make then your authenticity a superpower rather than make you even more vulnerable, make you even more susceptible to pain, which is not what you want to achieve. So Michelle expresses it as feel your feelings, but you don't always have to act them out in the town square you don't have to be base and vulgar that doesn't mean that you shouldn't experience your feelings but create circles of safety and vulnerability and you can be as raw as necessary in the safest of spaces and you can be as raw as appropriate in the widest of circles those are the things that help you in some ways. And I'm just touching briefly on that crafting an unforgettable present series, but um, not necessarily as uh, this is not an episode in that series, but just touching briefly on it. The things that make you unforgettable are also your ability, include your ability to show up appropriately in different spaces. The other thought that I came across that I thought was worth sharing was the idea that every movement matures and it's okay to move forward with your thought process. I've been listening to a lot of thought around modern thought, around feminism, around um, workplace politics, around um, growth. And mindset things. And sometimes I think to myself, it's really time for us to move the conversation forward. I spoke about this briefly recently. For example, let's talk about um, empowering men and women in the workplace and at home. We have spoken for so long, and this is part of the feminism movement. We've spoken so long um, about creating equity and saying that women should be empowered in the workplace. Yes, and we get to the workplace and we realize there's some challenges that involve that arise from perhaps still needing to do things at home, but also needing to do things in the workplace, and men who haven't necessarily understood that they also need to participate at home in order for the scales to balance. We should not get stuck at that point in the conversation. And every time you participate in a conversation that has a social issue in it, whether it be race or 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 gender, or sexuality, ask yourself if you're moving the conversation forward or you're simply stewing in the pot. Because if you are simply stewing in the pot and the next person to you is simply stewing in the pot and the person next to them is simply stewing in the pot, it means that we are not moving forward in these conversations. If we are saying that black people struggle with ABCD, and we're saying white people struggle with A B C D, and we're saying coloured people struggle with A C B C D. And in South Africa, coloured is its own race category. Um, I realised when Tyler, the the singer, uh, the the artist who sang Water, dis- dis- described herself as coloured, being from South Africa, um, all the Americans thought, oh, but that's black, only in America, guys. <laughs> Um, I was deeply amused by that because context is important. And sometimes you have to pause and ask yourself whether your context is the entire world's context. And Americans tend to fall into the trap of thinking that their context is the entire world's context. Anyway, uh, if you're having a chat about race, are you stewing in the same conversation that we've been having? Or you're asking yourself, what to do and how to take it forward, and th- this is particularly this is important in dealing with social issues because it allows us to go forward. Um, let me use a specific example that particularly got my goat. It was a woman on TikTok saying she has n- she doesn't want to hear anything or she doesn't want any advice on how to succeed in her career from a man because that man succeeded because there was a woman in his life. Okay, that's one way to look at it. Another way to look at it is the way. Um, the author of Pressure Cooker Lessons from from a Woman at Work. Um, I can't remember her name right now. But another way to look at it is the way she looked at it, which was my husband, she she was struggling with the same things and her her husband was obviously doing really well, but he was doing well and he was delegating these home tasks to her. And she, remember, she actually had a thought, oh my God, if only I also had a wife. And then she, she had a light bulb moment. Why don't I also get a wife? How, what construct allows me to get someone that I can also delegate to? And then she went ahead and created that construct. She talked to her husband about it with her solution. And she said, I would like to hire staff to do A, B, C, D. And this will free me up to do A, B, C, D. And this is how it balances around financially. And this is how it works for our family. And her husband got on board. And that's what they did. So she said, before you sit and complain about how you also don't have a wife, why don't you figure out how to get a wife, in quotes. And I think this is so important because there is an, um, um, what are they called? It's a it's a it's an article that appeared in the paper in 1976 or it's in the 1970s and it's called "I Want a Wife" and it's written by a wife who is expressing their frustration because their husband delegates all these things to 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 them so that they can go ahead and do the things that will help them succeed and she doesn't have much else much much time to do anything else beyond tend to the home and tend to that husband and I thought to myself. Surely we have not been circling the same drain for 40 years, going on 50 years. The danger of just sitting at the same watering hole and having the exact same conversation, complaining about the exact same things, is that you do not move a single thing forward. You do not change a thing for yourself. You do not change a thing for the generation to come. You do not change a thing for the society that we are living in. So while it might feel useful and it might even feel good, it's a complete and utter waste of time. There is nothing that's being said in that conversation that has not been said over the next 40 years. So contribute over the last 40 years. So contribute by asking yourself, how do we take this forward? You might not like how that author took it forward, but propose something, suggest something. Put a new spice into the pot. Let's fix things and not just get used to the idea of complaining about it. And this goes into the next idea, which was from Obama, which is a lot of people have become eloquent in expressing and articulating a problem. The doers, the executors, the people who get things done, the people who resolve, those are in the minority which is wild. If you want to excel in any space, develop the ability to solve, not just to wrap words around the problem, not just to pontificate about the problem. What is the answer? It blows my mind how many advisors we sit around the tables with in various transactions. You um, Recently, we completed a massive 7.3 billion rand transaction um a merger and acquisition and it blew my mind how many times we would sit around as the team was developing and we were picking we were picking who to work with and there would be lengthy opinions on how you should possibly do that and possibly do that and da da da, da. but the key questions would still need to be asked in other words And so what is the actual benefit? Succinctly, what is the actual benefit of taking this action? Number one. And number two, how much is it going to cost? And number three, how ex like what is the thing that needs to be done and when do we do it? Those questions would still need to be asked. If you are the person who has the ability to ask those questions and provide those answers, you will find that you are a value adding presence in Any space that you're in, whether it's in the school moms group or it's in a parenting group or it's in um, a a board meeting or it's on a team meeting, a, a, a team team project team meeting, wherever you find yourself, you will find that you add value and people look for you and people want your opinion on things because you are a doer. So do not fall into the trap of being a pontificator. Because it is so easy. You can pontificate, feel free. But also do. That is where you become, uh, that's where you leave the herd behind. And you'll be surprised at how large the herd is. And how many of the people that are part of the herd are distinguished members of their professions. Learn to solve a problem. Learn to close a matter. Simply sending an email on is not solving a problem. Simply passing it on to the next desk in in some sort of hot desk move, that's nothing new. People have been doing that. Answering and closing, that's where the magic is. The final thought is from Jasprit Singh. Jasprit Singh has a YouTube channel called Minority Mindset. And it's not minority as in people of color. It is minority as in people who think like this are few. It focuses on money. And he says something that I've also heard Robin Sharma say, but he says it in his own way. He says, a lot of people focus so much on wanting to be wealthy. Uh, Morgan Housel said something that stuck with me. I read it last year and it has just stayed with me. Or I heard it on a podcast. And he said, a lot of people, when they say they want a million dollars, mean they want to spend spend a million dollars, not that they want to build wealth to the value of a million dollars. And I thought how profound and true that is. Jaspreet Singh says that a person needs to understand that you cannot simply dedicate yourself to searching for wealth and making money only. You need to be quadri-fit, right? Quadrifit in that you need to be physically fit, mentally fit, spiritually fit, and then financially fit. Physically fit in that you could, have a, you could have $10 million in your bank account free to use at any time. But if you're morbidly obese and you've had a triple heart bypass and you are unable to get off your bed, that $10 million does nothing except buy you good health care to make you comfortable as you prepare to die. If you are not mentally fit, if you are not growing, you do not have the ability to manage that money or to take care of yourself or to stay sane. It's possible that you end up maybe struggling with mental health issues. It's possible that you will end up struggling with emotional issues. It's possible that you end up struggling with, with things that take the color away from your world. And these are just examples of... That can be on a greater or lesser lesser scale to what you might experience. But the important takeaway is this. In order for you to enjoy any sort of financial wealth, you need A, the ability to make and manage that financial wealth and grow it. You need the ability to enjoy that financial wealth. You need the ability to be present and to be happy. And those things require mental fitness. Those things don't happen later on. I read a very sad story of a Silicon Valley CEO who burnt himself out so badly in his pursuit of the success of his company. And he, he amassed incredible wealth. But one day he just collapsed and could not get out of bed and there was nothing doctors could do. His muscles spasmed. His brain was mush pretty much. He could not hold on to a thought and it took about 12 months of living in the mountains with no connection or connectivity to anything for him to start reconnecting his mind and his body and i thought how scary that you could spend your entire life in pursuit of wealth and then spend the entire fortune in pursuit of your health so physical and mental health are the foundation stones of these things spiritual is god if that is what you believe it's also your purpose. Why are you here? What is it that brought you to this planet? What is your goal here? What fulfills you? In what way can you be a fulfilling presence to the world? You need a goal and research shows that people with a purpose find it easier to get out of bed in the morning. They are more more, more engaged, more present, and they enjoy the life experience more. They are more wholehearted. That's a Brené Brown term in the pursuit of happiness, and then the pursuit of a full life. And they make the world around them better. What is your purpose? And when you have a purpose, so this is why Simon Sinek go, um um wrote the book Start with Why. If you know why you're doing something. You are more likely to connect with people. You're more likely to, to build something meaningful. And when you do that, then you find number four of Quadrifit a lot easier. The financial bit, the making of the money. Because now the money is coming into a structure. You don't have to get every item uh, 100% correct all the time. You really don't. You just need to get it right most of the time. And most of the time will make for a pretty beautiful life. You know, just as a demonstration of some of these things that I've said today, I've been doing 75 hard. And I can tell you now, I consider myself quite a disciplined person, but I would not have come 35 days in if I wasn't part of a group of women who are equally um, focused. There are a lot of women who have fallen out as the group, as the days have progressed. But the ones who are driving the the group, the energy, you will find that on the day that I'm feeling that maybe I can't, it's somebody else who says, we can do this. We can do this. That's what it means when you say to go, to go, um, To go fast, go alone. To go far, go together. And I've learned the most amazing lessons from working out with other people for the first time in my life. That actually, you can feed off the energy of other people when you find you've got nothing. I think I would probably have lasted about just three weeks on my own. But we're going on about five weeks now. And it is amazing. I am stronger than ever, but it is not just my energy that has brought me here. And also the ability to connect with other people in a WhatsApp group, to be likable to other people. That is a balance of authenticity and empathy. The ability to show up for them and them to show up for me. There is a quid pro quo of emotion, of investment, of of love and commitment to a common cause. And as a consequence, we are going to achieve something great, which is commit uh, the fulfillment of the commitment to do 75 hard it's it is amazing to me and um, in doing all of these things I'm finding that these truths that have been shared by the people who have gone before us are true and that they are easy once you've heard them to look out for and to apply and that they will change life for the best in every aspect. And I hope that you find that they are as useful to have a beautiful week. If you like the podcast, please like, share, subscribe, leave a review. Thank you so much for the reviews. They are making such a dramatic difference. Please take a moment to leave me one if you can. If you're on Apple Podcasts, it's a lot easier. Spotify, you can just rate and I appreciate that too. Um, if you happen to be on my Substack, that would also be, uh, uh, you can also comment, you can leave um, a like or you can recommend the podcast to someone Any of those things do amazing things for me. I'm ever so grateful for you choosing to spend this time with me weekly. And last year, the podcast was a top three podcast for 26 people. And this year, I'm hoping that it will be a top three podcast for at least 100. (laughs) Thank you so much. And I wish you the very best for the week.